Good morning. Well, good morning. There we go. (laughs) All right. Um, Beautiful day today. Welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. Uh, We have one birthday this week. Uh, It's Daniel Edwards. If you get a chance, give him a holler. Uh, How old is he this time? 18. The what? The 28th. Okay, well, it, yeah, it says the 28th. That's this week, correct? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just reading what's on the paper. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. <laughs> uh, uh, any other birthdays or anniversaries? All right. Let's, uh, let's sing happy birthday to Daniel. Day two. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. I'll get used to this piano soon. <laughs> if you please stand, our next hymn is uh, 225. There is power in the blood. Thank you. 
Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you and we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that we're able to gather together here today to worship you. Lord, we ask that you be with those who, for whatever reason, uh, can't be here today. Lord, we ask that you would be with those that are watching us online, wherever they are. Lord, we ask you to touch them. Open all of our hearts, Lord, to your word today. May everything that's said here and done here be pleasing to you. Lord, we ask you to allow us to put away the cares of this world for the next little while and just worship you. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, January the 27th is movie night. Friday night, uh, dinner is at 6.15 and a movie featuring Life Mark uh, starting at 7.15. Also, February the 11th at 6 p.m. is the Valentine's Steak Dinner for 18 and up. Uh, Sign-up sheet is in the foyer for those attending. Uh, and food items, ladies, uh, let's see, and food items. There's, ladies need to bring, uh, ladies bring bingo gift for prizes. There's a sign-up sheet for ladies to bring food supplies. I'm going to try to make sense of, serious of this and... Uh, you need to bring, ladies, you need to bring bingo prizes. Does that about sum it up? Okay, good. Nursery workers needed for ages five and under. Uh, you can see Jean, there's going to be a list posted in the, uh, uh, in the kitchen, because that's where the nursery is. Uh, they got it made. You know, they get to go to the nursery in the kitchen. <laughs> And they get snacks and all kind of stuff. We out here, we having a stomach, stomach growl and all that and wait for lunchtime. But anyway, never mind. Uh, Thursday evening, 7 o'clock, come join us for uh, the discipleship class in the fellowship hall. Um, I understand it's going well. I have another public announcement to make. Uh, starting tomorrow, Linden Road down here at the bridge will be closed. So... If you need to go or come to church, you've got to go around and come a different way. They're going to close. It'll be closed for about a week. So uh, if you live on Burning Tree, don't come out and make a left. Unless you uh, either way. Uh, go the other way. Uh, like for us, we can either go through Foxfire or we can come around and, and come through the cross the dam over here at the lake. Uh, but that's just a public announcement. Are there any other announcements? Judy, there's, uh, we have our food box back there. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of food in it. Okay. It needs to be distributed to someone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you know anyone that needs some groceries or anything, let us know. Um, we have some back there. And if that's not enough, I'm sure we could do something else if we had to. So keep your ears out and eyes open. And if somebody's struggling this time of the year, usually this is the time of the year they really struggle uh, because all the donations have been made, Christmas is over with, and they're forgot about till Easter. So uh, think about that. Um, Praise it. Yes. And one more announcement. Um, for the movie night, admission is something for the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Oh, okay. There is an there is an admission for the movie night, um, something for the pregnancy crisis center. So diapers, wipes, whatever, onesies or whatever. Um, 
Is, it, is there any other announcement? That's, that's good. Okay. Any other announcement? All right. Praises and prayer requests. All right. First thing we need to do, uh, James is having surgery Wednesday. We need to keep James in his prayers. And before this service is over with today, I want to bring James down to the front. And we're going to, as a congregation, pray for my brother. Uh, and uh, then on Friday, we'll check him out. He'll be at church Sunday, I know, because I've seen how it works. So you're good, brother. God's got you. Uh, any other praises and prayer requests or announcements? I'd like to thank everybody for the prayers for He's doing well. Apparently, okay. maybe a milder case than some people have, so he's doing well. But thank you for the prayer. Amen. Amen. Any others? John? We need to be in prayer for Bruce and Sarah and Smith. They're moving to Georgia, so we need to pray for them. Um, and to praise uh, Donna George is back home, but we need to keep her on a prayer list. Okay. The who family? Okay. Um, I have an update on, on David Kennedy. Uh, he had surgery on his clavicle. It didn't take. So they're going to have to redo it again. He's still having some issues with vision. and still having some issues uh, uh, with his uh, hip. So um, just continue to remember him in your prayers. He's got a long way to go. Uh, any others? Okay. Any other? I have one. I have a praise. Vince's last radiation treatment was last Friday. Amen. Praise. Vince's last radiation treatment was this past Friday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Keep and still keep praying for Vince. Any others?
but that's okay. They do have a lamp in their garage that's capable of entering the house, but we're hoping to get something there for long time use. Any other? Oh, yeah, Jason. Um, please pray for someone I know in another country that is a believer that um, somebody can come alongside her, uh, another woman that I believe her, you know, and encourage her. And also, I spoke a prayer request. Okay. Any other? Sure, where they are in their walk in Christ, not sure if they're even walking with Christ in their life. And I just uh, I can't ask enough to be more sincere that we pray for the lost. Uh, yep. God might. We can pray for the lost everywhere uh, and let God's will be done. Draw near Lord and just and, and, uh, that they receive our Lord Jesus. Please keep him there. Any other? Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you. Uh, we thank you that you give us the opportunity through the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ, to come before you and make petition. Lord, we lift up all those that were mentioned here today. Uh, we give you praise for the, those that are returning home. and uh, We give you praise for those who have received their last treatments. Lord, we ask you to continue to lay your hand upon them and Allow them to get back to being their selves. We also, Lord, uh, uh, ask you to uh, be with all the things that we, have, that we have going on with trying to help individuals and families. And Lord, make known to us the, the things that you would have us do. Lord, we ask you to uh, be with Kim as she ventures home and Lord, we ask you to be with the families that, that have lost loved ones and um, Lord, those that are terminal and looking at end-of-life situations. We ask you to, to intervene and, and touch those families. Let them know you're there. Let them feel your presence. You're the rock, Lord. You're the only one we can depend on who understands us no matter where we are. Lord, I ask you to open your word up to us today. May all we do honor you. Lord, may the praises that we have be multiple. And may we, for never, may we for never take you for granted. Lord, I love you and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our offertory hymn is, pay, I mean, is number 473. Just a closer walk with the...
love you so much and thank you for this place we have to come worship you freely. Just be with our first responders of military, Lord. Bring our leaders to their knees and let them understand that you are the reason for everything. Without you, there's no hope. Lord, just let them understand that. Uh, we just thank you for everything that's through for us. Thank you for Patrick as he's going. Just thank you for everything that you're doing in his life right now, Lord. Uh, just thank you for this offering that's just for you. Use it as you see fit, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'll go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 again. Uh, I'm still in there. Uh, I want to apologize for trying to sing faster than the piano on that last hymn, but that one needs to pick up the pace a little bit. I mean, I was oh, trying to drag it out and it wasn't working. So anyway, uh, not that I can sing anyway, but I love that hymn. Um, you might want to, for our viewers, know that uh, we don't have a piano player. That's our automatic piano player. Yeah. So don't, they don't yeah. think that we're yeah. crushing yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> What we need is a fast forward. <laughs> let it... <laughs> anyway, never mind. Uh, we, we are blessed to have what we have. Um, we did good because God didn't strike the piano player. He has stricken a... Uh, Cassette, uh, uh, CD player here. I mean, he cooked it in the middle of a hymn on a Sunday. It was bad. <clears throat> the singing was bad. <laughs> and I can attest because I was leading and it was bad. But anyway, that's a different story. Yes, Kathleen, you're doing a great job. That was not, no. No. Um, 
You're not going to get paid, but you're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Um, last week we talked about, uh, you know, I, I preached about um, some assurances that we have. And it come out of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. And, and, and this week, you know, during last week uh, on verse 10, you know, it said, For uh, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And so that's sparked a little questions here and there through the week. And so uh, there's three things that we're going to talk about today about chapter 10, or, or verse 10 in, in chapter uh, 5 of 2 Corinthians. Uh, three things. One of them, there, there's an, a, judi a judicial aspect of the judgment. I mean, you, you, the... The word judgment seat comes from the Greek word bima, uh, which is really in this sense, it is uh, in Corinth they would have understood this because um, there was a bima, and that was it served two purposes. One, it served for judicial uh, response if, some, if there were legal matters that needed to be handed down and sentences to be pronounced. It was done there at the bima. When the Olympics would go on and people would win, that is where the, the winners, the champions would go and sit on the beam to get their crown. And so what we're going to talk about today is really more of the athletic meaning of the judgment seat than the actual uh, judicial side of it. Uh, there's an accountability aspect of the judgment. And there's a profit or loss aspect of the judgment, depending on, on your thing. So it says, uh, I'm going to read verse 9 and 10. It says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to open this, this, this passage up to us. Lord, I ask that you give me the ability to be able to, to explain it and us be able to apply it and understand it as we go forward. Lord, I just love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First off, the, the aspect of judgment is, is not for our sins. That happened at the cross. Our sins were forgiven at the cross. This is not even the sins that have been committed after we were saved. This is so we can receive our eternal rewards. Remember, some of us are going to have great rewards. Some of us are not going to have a lot. Because we're going to be judged on what we've done with the gift of salvation. What is our ministry Created. What has our ministry yielded for the kingdom? That's what he's talking about here. Believers are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged on what we've done in the body since we have been saved. What kingdom work have we done? What things, wholesome things have we been involved in? No matter what we do in our lives and everyday aspect. It should be with the thought of pleasing God. Now, there's not telling us that we got to live a docile life. 
you know, like the monks. It's not what it's saying. What it's saying is whatever we choose to do and do, we need to do it for the Lord. Whatever we endeavor to do, we need to be about it as is this glorifying God. And the decisions we make with that should be God edifying. Period. That's it. That's what this is talking about. Alright, so it says, Therefore, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to Him. Since what we do right now has eternal consequences, our goal must persistently be to please God. Are we pleasing God in everything that we do? I can stand here and attest you. No, I don't please God in everything I do. I am a man. And I am a work in progress, which is no excuse. But I'm flawed. I'm so flawed that one Valentine's I got a mug that was all crinked up and cranked up. And I don't even drink coffee. But it said from my wife that it loved me in spite of all my imperfections. I love that mug. Because that's what Jesus does. He loves me in spite of all my imperfections. I am imperfect. I will never be perfect this side of heaven. Newsflash. Nor will you. Some of you that comes as a great surprise. Others not so much. You're not perfect. I got great news for you. Deep Creek Baptist Church is a wonderful place, but it's not perfect. None of us are. How can people run around and expect to find the perfect church when it's filled with imperfect people? You can't. It doesn't happen. We have a perfect gospel. We have a perfect sacrifice for salvation. And yet, we're imperfect. As soon as we realize that, God had no choice. If He wanted us to continue, He had to take action. We left Him no choice. We couldn't save ourselves. Like babes in a swimming pool. We can't save ourselves. We are dependent on some force outside of us. That force happens to be God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And so we have assurance that, that yes, we're going to stand before the judgment. And we're going to give an account of our life. We're going to watch it play out. I mean, Jesus is probably going to tell us everything that we ever done. Or either He's going to have it read from the scrolls. Or the book of life. You know, it says there are books. That's plural. The book of life is the one our name's written in that tells us that we belong there. The other books is our actions. The one that we were written in where we had a debt to pay, that book has been scratched clean, marked paid. The other book is our assets and debits. Credits and debits. Accounting. Accounting. It says that there is an accountability aspect of the judgment. Yes, there is. We're going to be held accountable. And there's a lot of folks in this world today who have never been held accountable for anything. And the fact that they're going to be held accountable by the creator of the universe is foreign to them because they haven't even been held accountable by their parents. They haven't been held accountable by society. They haven't been held accountable by their friends. They can just go do what they want to because I am so-and-so and I'm entitled to this. I can be what I want to be. If I wake up in the morning and decide that, you know what, I'm going to go through today, I'm going to identify as a horse. 
Everywhere I go, I'm going to go as I'm a horse. I'm going to put some metal things on my feet so that I click clack everywhere I go. I'm going to walk around with hay in my mouth. And when somebody says something to me, I'm either going to kick them, bite them, or me. I'm a horse. And when I decide I want to take a shower, I'm just going to roll on the ground in the wet ground. I will not put my nose to electric fence. Not going to do it. See how idiotic that is? And yet we have people today who are propagating this nonsense. Yes, there's an accountability aspect to it. We're going to give an account. And there's a profit or loss aspect to the judgment. We're either going to gain something or we're going to lose something. We're either going to have a lot of crowns to throw at Christ's feet or we're going to have none. But one thing about it, when we get here, we will not hear, depart from me for I never knew you. See, that happens prior to this. What does it say, what does the Bible say that we believers will be at the judgment? We won't be in the bleachers. What did it say we would be? We would be with Him judging the world. We're going to be on the beam. It's an elevated place. And Christ is going to sit on His crown and we're going to be surrounded Him, behind Him and around Him. You know why? Because we've been grafted into the family of God. We are joint heirs with Christ. When He judges, we're there. We're there. And I know this is not biblical, but when that catapult gets launched, somebody will be winding it down and loading somebody else up in it. For those of you who don't know, I have this picture in my head that when you get there and your name's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're sitting in a giant catapult. They pull the trigger and it launches you into the lake of fire with a big splash into that molten whatever it is. But see, we have an eternal destiny and we're going to give an account for it when we're there. And we had a conversation one time in a Sunday school class and I told them, I said, I didn't care if I was the janitor in heaven at being the president of hell. And so if I've got to push the broom on the streets of gold, more power to it. I will push that broom for eternity and thank God for the opportunity. See, in our lives, especially if you have a military background, everything we did was reported to headquarters. When it's a chain of command, it went up the line. And so never mind what anybody else thinks of you. Your business is to please Christ. Our commander-in-chief is in heaven. He's the one who gave us our marching orders way back in the last of Matthew. He spent a whole bunch of time sending his disciples all over the world to spread the gospel and to teach us how to live as Christians ought to live. And yet we have churches across America and around the world filled with people who don't understand or read the Bible. The most illiterate time in history on the face of the earth. People are biblically illiterate. They don't know a, a, a wise tale from a biblical scripture. 
You'd be surprised. Just ask them, young people. Ask them. Ask some people your own age. They won't know either. And because they're products of the 60s and the 70s, they were teenagers then, which is nothing wrong with that. I was one of them. But I had parents that were smart enough to give me a drug problem. They drugged me to church, whether I wanted to go or not. And when I got to a certain age, I could make my own decisions. And guess what? I messed them up. <laughs> I messed them up. See, whether present or absent, you know, we can't do anything right now about pleasing God in the, it, 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 which is when we're absent from our bodies and present with the Lord. Uh, but there's a day to come. What we can do is we can be pleasing to God in our actions today here on earth while our time and ministry is still viable. Yes, I have a ministry. Guess what? You do too. Each one of you, your ministers, remember where it tells you that, uh, I think it's in Colossians, your royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Each one of you are priests. You have direct access to the Holy of Holies, the Sanctum Sanctorium. You have direct access to God Almighty Himself. The high priest of Israel didn't have that but once a year. You can go anytime, day or night, anywhere you are. Each one of you. I don't have to go into a place with a rope tied around my leg to offer up forgiveness for you. You can do it yourself. I don't have to go in there and make, make a, a, a pronouncement for blessings. You can do it yourself. My job is to make sure that you understand your rights as a child of God. If you have a great friend and you start praying and you pray earnestly, you pray unceasingly, fervently, good things will happen. Jesus tells us we have not because we ask not. We ask not because we ask the wrong things. We ask to win the lottery. We ask to be able to get a new car. We ask to make sure that our mortgage is on time. We ask a lot of things. But we do we ask God, Lord, bless me so that I will be able to serve you. Give me the opportunities and, and the means to where I can minister all the time. And what does He do? He gives you occupation. And that occupation puts you in touch with people who have a similar occupation but don't know God. Guess what? He just sent you to the mission field. That's your mission field. That's where you're supposed to be. Using your talents that He gave you to persuade people about God. And you notice I use the word persuade. Your actions... And your words should play it out. You know, I preached and preached and preached. Who do they see when they see us? Do they see Jesus Christ? Or do they see Jerry the sinner? Well, Jerry is a sinner, but do they see Jesus Christ flowing from me? Hmm. Do they see Jesus Christ flowing from you? See, we're all sinners. And we're all going to meet a place one day where it levels the playing field no matter how much money you got or how poor you are. 
We must consider that as far as we know, there are some opportunities for pleasing God that will only that we will only have while present in these bodies. It's going to be kind of hard to witness to the loss when you're out of the body, isn't it? However, your going home ceremony may cause some people to come, but the only time you've got to share the gospel is now, while you're in this messed up tent, as Paul called it. Who are we sharing it with? Are we sharing it with the person at the convenience store? Sharing it with the checkout lady at the grocery store, meat market guy, or the or, or, or the dairy manager, or, or the customer service reps at Walmart, wherever we go. Are we sharing the gospel? See, when we get to heaven, there will be no more need for endurance. There will be no more need for trials and tribulations because we done went through all them here. None of that exists in heaven. None of it. We have a heavenly reward. We have a place set aside with your name on it and my name. The question is, is it going to be in the basement or is it going to be in the penthouse or somewhere in between? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must pass from these bodies to the world beyond and we must give an account according to what has been done, whether good or bad. So whether I've done something good or whether I've done something bad, I'm going to give an account. This is not the great white throne judgment that's mentioned in Revelation 20, 11 through 15. This describes the judgment of works of believers. The things done in the body according to what has been done, whether good or bad. The phrase judgment seat is a single word uh, from the ancient Greek and it's bema. B-E-M-A. Bema. Literally means step. As in a raised platform. This could be the bema. It's raised platform. But we must all appear before the judgment of Christ. What will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ first? What we have done will be judged. All things done. Secondly, our motives for what we've done will be judged according to what he has done, whether good or bad. What is the motives we had for helping people? Are we helping people to gain something in return? Are we doing nice things for people, especially those who are getting toward the end of life, hoping they'll remember us in their will when all that's satisfied? Why are we helping people? What are the motives that motivate us? Why are we feeding the hungry? Why are we clothing the naked? Why are we doing these things? What is the motive? Is the motive to meet, to, to introduce them to Jesus Christ or is it to gain membership? What is, what is it? What is it? What is our motive? What motivates us? Those are the things that we're going to be judged on. And listen to this. You can hide it here in this body, but when you stand before Christ, you cannot hide it. Trust me. And if you think, if you think these videos that we see now where people's minds flash back because they can't do it and stuff plays out, well, you're going to see it play out before God and everybody. Those things that you did that were bad. Mm. Those things that you did were good. 
motives. The motives. We must live understanding that we have all that that we have all done. We're going to be judged. We have an understanding that all we've done is going to be judged. I don't know what's up with me missing words in my writing. I can't even hardly read my own typing. That's bad. It's affecting my speech. <laughs> can't literally read what I wrote on the paper in the way it is written because I've left words out. Evidently, I was typing and my mind was faster than my fingers. Uh, we must, we must live understanding that what we have done will be judged. It is possible to have a saved soul and a wasted life. What do you think about that? A saved soul and a wasted life. I can give you some examples that preachers have heard, especially when they were in school. Well, brother, and so-and-so got saved and... He was very attentive. He was at church every Sunday. He participated in every activity. But when it was time to serve, hey, brother so-and-so, uh, have you ever thought about, thought about maybe teaching Sunday school? Yeah, that's just not my calling. Or brother so-and-so, what about serving on the, uh, on the fellowship committee where we go about and, yeah... I'll help, but that's, that's just not my cup of tea. No, don't put me down. Sister so-and-so, how about being on the welcoming committee to welcome those that come in? Well, I don't mind helping out every now and then, but that's just, I, don't put me down on that piece of paper because I don't want to be committed to anything. That's not what they're going to tell you. Oh, well, I've got so much going on, I just think, I don't think I can devote time to it. See, we come up with all kind of excuses not to serve. We come up with all kind of excuses not to have our names used, not to be active and things. That was something we're waiting for something better to come along to occupy our time. I'm guilty of it. Trust me, I know. And so you're going to stand before the beam and see the Christ. Here comes that video. Oh, look at there. Pastor Jerry asked you to serve on something. No, I can't do it because of this. And, the, and then your, your motives. Well, that's the time that my show comes on. I would miss my show. Or that's the time that I usually go to take a nap. I miss my nap. Whatever the reason is, that motive is going to come across there. And not only is Christ going to see it, and you're going to see it, but everybody else is going to see it too. There are no secrets as a Christian. Only here. Only here. All the good stuff I've seen, all the bad stuff I've seen is going to play out in front of everybody. Hopefully, when it all does, I'll have something left to offer Christ other than humility and a wasted soul. This should be encouragement to us. This should be an encouragement for us to serve Lord. This should be why we serve Him is because we're going to give an account. And everyone here wants to hear somebody tell Him, well done. Well done. You did a great job. You did a great job. And I know there's a lot of people that aren't here today. I know there's people here today that didn't want to come today. I know it. I was one of them. I thought about yesterday. And man, I don't feel that great. I wonder how I can not have to. No, I got to go. I got to preach. Those thoughts enter my mind. So I know I'm not, you know, I'm not one that's... Uh, the only one that, that, that has these thoughts. I'm not. 
But I'm here. And I'm serving the Lord in, fight, in spite of my little old selfish self wanting to stay in the bed today or do something different. And that's all it is, is me being selfish. For God is not unjust to for, forget your work and your labor of love which you have shown toward His name and that have ministered to the saints and do minister. Hebrews 6.10 Isn't it amazing? Have you, ever, have you ever done a quick little Bible study just flipping? Reading through, say, start at John 3.16 and go through every book of the New Testament. Chapter 3, verses 16. There are some chapters, 3's, that don't have a 16. Isn't that amazing? Hebrews 10 lines up with 2 Corinthians 10. Paul knows that the troubles of this life, he knows what they're worth because he will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. Those of us who suffered and still kept the faith and still portrayed Christ in a positive form, we're going to be rewarded. We're going to be rewarded. That's not the motivator. We do it because of love. We must live understanding that our, not only our motives for what will be judged, but the ideas. One can do the right thing, but have the wrong heart. God will often still use the person and even bring great blessing through them. Yet in the end, it is as if they had done nothing for the Lord because their motives of service did not stand up at the judgment seat of Christ. I know y'all think this is a catch-22 and some of you don't even know what that means. I'm dating myself. It's not. It's simple. What are we to do? Serve who? The Lord. With what? Our hearts, our minds, our strength, our bodies, and everything about us. The same, the same idea that he's talking about here is presented in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15, where he speaks of a coming assessment for each one's work. This is it. This is it. He's plainly stating it here in 2 Corinthians, because evidently they didn't, they didn't pick up on the metaphor. God will burn everything that was not of Him. You know it says we're going we're gonna to be purged like and purified like gold. And that's where they take and put it in a smelter and get it to where it's molten. And all the impurities float to the top and they skim that off. And then you dump it out and you got pure gold. He's going to burn it up. We won't be punished for what was not done rightly unto the Lord. Those will simply be burned up. And it will be as if they never, as if we never did them. We will simply be rewarded for what remains. And here's the sad part. Some will go to heaven thinking they've done great things for God. And will find out at the judgment seat that they really did nothing. What a, what a kick in the teeth that will be. 
The appearance before Christ's tribunal is the privilege of Christians. It is concerned with the assessment of the works and uh, indirectly of character, not with determination of destiny, with reward and not status. Let me repeat that. Our appearance before Christ, the judgment seat, is a privilege that we as Christians get to have. And it's concerned with the assessment of our works and indirectly of character, not with determination of destiny, but with reward and not status. In the United States today and the world, status means everything. They want to judge you by what clothes you wear, what form of speech you use, what kind of vehicle you drive, what size house you live in, where you buy your groceries, where you buy your gas, where you spend your vacations. Those are the things that are judged here on earth. But we're going to stand before God and hopefully each one of us here at Deep Creek Baptist Church will have something left after it faces the fire of judgment. hope I stomped on your toes because it eat mine up. That's why I couldn't stand still up here. What do you need to do? Is there a confession you need to make? Is there a relationship you need to start? Is there one you need to fix? Is there forgiveness you need to ask for? Is there forgiveness you need to seek? Today's the day. Today is the day. There is no tomorrow. Because tomorrow gets here and it'll be today. We're not promised the next moment. All we're promised is this breath right now. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to... Fill us with your spirit. Let us never, ever take for granted the fact that we're going to stand before you in judgment. Not for our sins, but for our motives and for what we've done with the great gift you give us. You set us on fire with the Holy Spirit. Lord, let us fan the flame so that we have bright, glowing coals instead of white embers. Lord, I love you. Let no one leave here today without being correct with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our hymn of invitation is page 434. I have decided to follow Jesus.
be done this week. Start this week going forward. Remember, you have a destiny and an appointment at the Bema Seat of Christ. We're all going to stand there. Uh, we're all going to stand there and everything is going to be played out. Now what I'm going to do before I close with Brother James and I'm going to close with different today. We're going to we're going to come up and this congregation is going to lay hands on Jan. And uh, we're going to pray for him. Brother, if you'll just sit right there in that pew, we'll gather around you. And uh, we'll pray for you. So, I'm going to close us at the end of the prayer for James. And so when you come up, we're going to lay hands on him. And if you have, if you want to pray, pray. If you don't, when it goes around a while and it's a little low in the, without somebody saying something, I'll finish it up. So come on. Let's come pray for James. Good Lord, what are you done? <laughs> <laughs> no more daddy, nothing to worry about. Let's everybody grab everybody and they'll all wind up on James. Just ask you to put your hand on James and his family for this time. Let them be there for him. 